We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Turn with me, if you would, to Daniel chapter 9. I'm not stealing Bishop's thunder. I'm just, I'm stealing Bishop's thunder. Daniel chapter 9. I won't be talking anything about prophecy of Daniel whatsoever. So, (laughs) Daniel chapter 9. Verse 20 says, And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I have seen in the vision at the beginning, uh, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the uh, evening obligation or oblation. Verse 22. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of the supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Let's talk about when God seems to be silent in our life. You you ever felt that way before? When God seems to be silent. You know, I think we probably all go through times, if you've been a Christian very long, you've gone through times where you felt like God's silent in your life. Uh, You try to pray, and when you pray, it seems like your prayers bounce off the ceiling and come back to the floor. Uh, And during the times when it seems God's not speaking to us, then it begins to get a little harder to pray. Because as we pray and we pray and we pray, we feel like nothing's going on, nothing's happening. And it, then it gets harder to, if, if you're uh, talking with people, dealing with people, it gets a little harder to counsel with, to talk with people. You, you want to encourage people about the Lord, but because you ha- don't seem like you're hearing from God, it gets a little more difficult. You know, it's, sometimes it's even hard to p- persevere in right things. You ever had that feeling, j- just in a before you came to God or after, like, what's the use of doing the right thing? All the people that are doing the wrong things are the ones that are getting ahead. You ever, you ever thought about, no? Well, Pastor Don has. Pastor Don has looked at people and thought, Lord, now, how is it that they can have so great a thing in their life and look at their life and, and, and God, I'm trying to do all I can. And, and the Lord just very calmly and politely says, you don't need to be looking at their life. You need to be looking at your own. Because when you start looking at other people's lives, you're going to get the perspective that's not even, doesn't even have anything to do with your life. So often that's what happens in our lives. We get a perspective about our life because we're looking elsewhere. And we just need to look at our own life. You know, sometimes when we, it seems like God is just silent. You know, it's, it's even hard to, to continue. There are some people that just feel like, you know what, God's not talking. I think I've told you all this before. There's a friend of mine that I went to church with in spring. He said, and I was young and new in the church, which is, is an excuse for me to say what I said. He said, Don, I haven't heard from God in seven years. And because I was, I just, I blurted out, I said, well, Bucky, maybe you haven't been listening. And then, you know, he felt, you know, he felt like I was attacking him. I said, no, it's just a calm, you know, but so, sometimes we don't feel like we're hearing from God. We feel like God has just gone silent. 
And I think, listen, it's a very, this is a very real part of all Christian lives where it seems like God goes silent. It seems like it's very real. Uh, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know what that feels like. You know what it feels like to pray and not get an answer or, or to seek for a, a resolution and not get an answer or to try to find some blessing and not get an answer or to get a healing and not get an answer. You pray and not get an answer and it seems like I just keep talking to God and not get an answer. Why does God seem to be so far and distant at times? What, you ever felt like God was way over there and I'm way over here? Don lives in another world, I guess. Because <laughs> there... Because there are times, even as pastor, you feel like, you know, God, you, you know, I know you're everywhere, but for some reason, you're not here. You're not here. You're, you're way off somewhere. Why does it seem he turns a deaf ear to our prayer? You, you ever prayed and 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 prayed? Nothing. See, I'm girding it up. And you prayed and prayed and prayed. Nothing. And God, I'm feeling like I need to pray and pray. Nothing. God, you're not listening to me. God, you're not here. You just God's distance. Why does God at times remain silent and keep us waiting for what we're praying for? That's the question. Because there are times when God does remain silent. And there are reasons why he does it. There are purpose. God, everything that God does has purpose. Everything God does in our life has purpose. One of the hardest things for us to do is to have the patience and purpose especially in America. So why, why does God at times remain silent? Well, first, he may, resa- he may remain silent in your life simply because there's a spiritual warfare going on that you can't see. Something's going on in the spirit world you can't see. Daniel 9, let's go back to, uh, go back to uh, Daniel 9. Let's just go all the way back to verse 3. And I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. He was doing the right thing, huh? Read that again. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So I, I, turned, I, I pled with, I, I sought the Lord. I, I sought the Lord. If you read the passages before this, and you read the passages after it, you understand some things first. First, we understand, Daniel, that Israel had been in captivity for 70 years, the Babylonian captivity. Daniel was receiving word. Daniel was getting word from God that this captivity was about to cease. It was about to stop. He knew there was a release time coming. He was receiving word. His vision, though, was beyond his understanding. The vision that he was getting was beyond the understanding that he had. He began to seek God in prayer and fasting. So we, that for 21 days, God seemed to be silent. 21 days. Didn't answer. But finally, Daniel's answer came in this spectacular fashion as it's brought to him by the angel Gabriel. So... Kind of look at this. Daniel, let's see if we agree or don't agree. Daniel was right with God. Would you all agree with me? Knowing what you know, Daniel was right with God. Okay. Daniel was praying for the right things. If you know the story, Daniel was praying for the right things. He was praying the right way. He was, it wasn't self, but it was for 
for his people. He was praying for the right reasons. He even fasted while he prayed. But God still remained silent. Listen, when there's, sometimes God will remain silent to us in our life simply because there's spiritual warfare going on. There's, there's things happening that you don't see. Be sure that you will, you know, you will, there will be chapters in your life when this happens. You know, a lot of times we get frustrated because we don't get answers when there's things happening beyond our understanding. There's, th- there's spiritual warfare going on beyond our understanding and outside of the realm of what we can see. And so the thing is to not get frustrated, and that's what you find about Daniel. Don't get frustrated with it. As Americans, we get frustrated quickly because we're, we're, we're microwave people. We're a microwave nation. You know, let's don't cook it in the oven. That takes too long. Let's pop it in the microwave. We can get it quickly. And we, that's how we, the wor- one of the worst inventions in America was the microwave because it led us down a slippery slope. Everything else then became microwave-ish, quickly, fast, let's go. And so understand this. There, there, there are going to be times in our lives when there's spiritual warfare going on that we just have to recognize we have to stay in prayer and stay in fasting. Daniel just, he didn't give up because he didn't get his answer right off the bat. Now, that's kind of anti-American. Because <laughs> normally if we don't get an answer, we move on, right? We, we, we go to something else. We, we try to figure, we try to solve it ourselves. We try to get, we go have to go on ourselves and say, okay, if God's not going to solve it, I'll solve it. We, we don't say that, but that's a lot of times our approach. But what we've got to understand is that when we don't get an answer, just keep on praying, keep on fasting. Because one of the reasons that you don't hear from God right off the bat is because there's something going on you don't see. Listen, the devil's not in there every bush and rock. I mean, there, there, there's guys I know still, they're, they're friends of mine, that they're, they're pastors, preachers. They believe that there's a devil under every bush and every rock and everything that goes on in your life, has, it's, it's, the de- it's to blame the devil. When that's not the fact, some things that go on in your life and my life are just simply our fault. The devil's just standing back looking and laughing, but it's our fault. But but understand this: the devil is out there, and he is there to oppose God's will in your life. So there are times when the devil wants to make sure when you're praying specifics, especially when it comes to praying for people, which is what Daniel's doing. His nation, when you start praying for a nation, which is what we should be doing right now, understand this, and you see it now, the devil is going to buff it, and he's going to try to resist God and confront God, whatever he thinks he can do to, to put pressure on God's people. And you see that going on right now in America. Because as Christians are beginning to pray and stand up and say, All right, we, know, we understand the answer to this is Jesus. That's the answer to our problems. There's no other answer. Now, now, we're, now we're seeing the work of the devil is going to step in and say, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, we we got to stop this. So Ephesians 6, 10 and 11, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can uh, stand against the devil's schemes. In, in the times when God seems to be silent, just take your station of prayer. And what is prayer? You know, we won't go into the thing of prayer, but understand, prayer is our conversation with God. 
It's our conversation. Be in conversation with God. When you see something that that's, you know is wrong, be in conversation with God. When you see something that needs to be right, be in conversation with God. Too, too many times we try to step in without being in conversation with God, and what happens when we do that? Yeah, we make a miss because our wisdom is so far above. You know, we're not wise. That, that's the, one of the reasons that God said, you know, vengeance is mine. I will repay. It's, it's, it's because we don't have the wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and, and the ability to exact vengeance. God does it a totally different way. You know, our way of exacting vengeance is getting our way about it. That, that's why we exact vengeance. It's not to, to see if that person can be righted and they're wrong. It's for us to get a feel good. But vengeance with God is different. And there are times when God gets his vengeance, but his vengeance can actually bring people back to him. We're just not that smart. We, we think we are, but we're not. So that's why we have to be, we have to be in prayer. Uh, and then that whole armor of God is, is what we gird ourselves with as we're in prayer. You know, we, we think of girding, taking the armor of God, and let's go out and let's go do some fighting. That, that, think about it a second. We, we, we teach and preach a lot of times about, all right, I've got on the whole armor of God. I'm ready to go fight. Listen, the whole armor of God keeps you very stationary in your prayer and fasting. And the supplication keeps you very stationary. It guards you against all the stuff that's going on and the things that come at you. So understand, sometimes you just don't hear. There, there, there's a silence from God because there's, a, there's an action going on out there. Our, our weapons of warfare are, are not carnal. We don't, we don't battle carnal, car, carnal. You know, we, it, it's the things in the spirit that we don't see. The hardest thing to do. And we had to do this when I, when I, this is one of the ways that when I, I boxed in high school is that our coach would blindfold us and he said, I want you to listen to his feet because, because you're going to, you're going to jab and you're going to punch according to where you hear his feet. And it was interesting what you hear and don't see. And we have to understand there's things that we hear, but we don't see. So understand those things go on. And listen, if 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 you if you don't get a, a new word from the Lord, just keep doing what He's told you to do. Oftentimes we feel like we need a new word from the Lord, and when we don't get it, we say, "Ah, whatever, I'll I'll figure this out." No, just keep doing what He told you to do last time. If God's directed you in word, you keep doing that until God gives you that new. In the military, if you don't get a new order. You keep operating under the old order until you get a new one. You keep doing the same. That's just, and that's what we should do. The second thing uh, to understand is when you feel God has become silent is God may be putting you in a position to grow. He may be putting you in a position to grow. That's why he's become silent. Let's turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. It's just a familiar story for everybody. Luke 8, verse 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into the ship and his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came a, a, 
a storm of wind on the lake, and they were, they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying, what to, One to another, What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and the water, and they obeyed him. In the middle of this storm, these disciples are panicking. They're, they're panicking. Master, Master, we're going to perish. In the middle of this storm, Jesus is very calm. So calm, he's asleep. This was this great opportunity for Jesus to show his disciples who he really is. Not in the power of his might, but who he is. Often we look to, we, tr- we want to figure out by what God does and performs for us. That's how we want to see God work in our life. We're, we're, we're looking to see what God does, not who he is. And Jesus is about to show them who he is. Who he is. The disciples weren't expecting Jesus to come out and calm the storm. You understand that, right? When they said, Master, Master, we're going to perish, and he gets up and walks out, they weren't expecting him to do what he did. That wasn't the expectation. They were actually expecting him to panic like them. That was the expectation. But when he calmed the storm, they got a very big picture of who he was. And that's what Jesus was trying to show them, who he was. Who is this? He commands even the waters. They obey him, the winds and the waters. Who is? Not look what he did. They didn't say, look what he did. No. Who is this? If Jesus had calmed the storm, even before the storm got to them, because the storm could have been way off, and they, they could have, you know, Jesus could have said, you know what, we're not even going to let that storm hit us. We're going to just solve this problem. But had he done that, uh, or had he stuck, calmed it when they panicked, they would have never received this. Op- they would never have understood who he is. And a lot of times, storm comes into your life and my life. And sometimes panic comes into your life and my life. But Jesus wants to show you in that who he is, not what he does. But who he, because who he is is way more important than what he does. It's way more important than what he does. Sometimes God's just silent. He wants to expose to us who he is. Have you ever felt like saying, God, are you asleep? No, I, I have. God, where, where are you? Are you sleeping? Don't you see that I am in this mess and I am perishing? God, don't you see what's going on in my life? And then God's just silent. Still don't hear from him. See, God has a greater plan, a greater revelation for you in your life about who he is. There are times in your life and my life he seems silent simply because he's going to present to you a greater revelation of who he is. He is. We're, we're so uh, adept in the Christian world today. I mean, if, if you watch the shows and you listen to the sh- if you li- if you watch and listen, a lot about what you watch and listen to is, is about what you see. It's about what you see. And that's not, that, that is not what God's after in our life. It's, it's knowing Him, knowing who He is. 
y'all have heard me say this before, and I know it messes people's heaven up, and it, but people, when you ask them, why are you saved? Why, why were you born again? Why, you, why are you coming to church? Why, why you, you know, well, it's to escape hell, or it's to go to heaven. But, but you're not born again into the church to go to heaven. There's no, the Scripture doesn't say that. You're born into the kingdom of God. Why? To discover who He is. And when you discover who He is, you're going to be a disciple. And then what is a disciple? A disciple is one that is disciplined in the person of who they are. That's what a disciple is. They're disciplined. If you're, you're, if you're a disciple of a kung fu master, most people say, oh, well, I'm a black building kung fu. No, you're a disciple of who the gun. That's, it's very important to understand this. I, I, I worked with a guy at Home Depot when I was a manager there. And he was telling me about uh, his dojo was in Houston, but he moved up here, all this stuff. But, but his, the guy that he considered his master was always the forefront because it was about what he and who he was. Because in that world, if you said, my, my master is so-and-so, so-and-so, everybody in that world understood by who he is how well he was a trainer he was, how good he was at what he did, what did he what black belt did he hold? All you had to do is say his name. I mean, most of you are well, maybe you are. Tony Romo. Anybody? What does he do? Commentator, played football. No, a broadcaster now. Well, I, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. All I did was say Tony Romo. You see, the name gives way to the what. But if you don't know the name, what if I just said Dallas Cowboy quarterback? Ah, oh, who? Which one? You need a name. Right, right. So understand this, that, that a lot of times as Christians what we do is – when he's trying to show us who he is, we're just wanting to know what he does. And so God's trying to grow us and grow us into who he is. God's not panicky over our problems. He, he doesn't, and he doesn't solve our problems on a whim. Aren't you glad of that? You, you don't solve your kids' problems on a whim. You understand that they have to learn something here. If not, when they get older, they're going to get bamboozled. They're going to be totally fooled. So they're going to learn something here. God, how much more is he like that in us? There, there are many places in Scripture where it seems though that God was silent, but the end result was that there was a greater understanding of who he is. Abraham. Abraham. Job. David. I mean, you can go one after the other after the other. There were times in their lives when it seemed God was silent, but God was just growing them. And sometimes in your life, it may, you may feel like God's silent when he's really just giving you the opportunity to grow. Sometimes God takes away your feeling of security. He didn't take away your security. He takes away the feeling of your security to help you grow. Sometimes we feel insecure in God or unsecure in God. Sometimes we feel like, but listen, sometimes that feeling is taken away because we don't live for God for feeling, right? We if that's the case, man, we're all in trouble. Because, you know, I, some Sundays I don't feel like coming, neither do you. Some, some, some Saturdays I don't feel like, neither do you. It's not about feeling. 
It's about growth and understanding Him. The third thing, God may be silent in your life simply because of unrepented sin. God just simply may be silent in your life. He's, why, why is He silent in your life? You would think at that point He would want to, you know, let's go back to the, the parable of the, the lost boy. I want everything you got for me, Daddy, because I'm done here at this house. I'm going to go do my thing. And he goes and does his thing. And Daddy never left the porch. Never went after him. Never sought after him. Why? Because he had to come to the place where he found himself so that he could go find Daddy. He had to come to the place to find himself and realize himself so he could go back and find Daddy. So understand this. It, it, Daniel knew this. That's when we read that Daniel was praying. What was he praying for his sins, but also for the sins of Israel? Understanding, I understand God that I we need to be repentant in front of you because one of the reasons they were in captivity was because they refused. They were unrepentant in their sin, and they they weren't willing to repent, and so they went into captivity. And sometimes in our lives, we're simply in captivity in a situation only because we just refuse to repent of a sin in our life. We just refuse to, you know, God, I'm hanging on to this one. I'm ignoring this one. I don't think that's that wrong. Everybody's different, God. I'm not as bad as them. There's all kinds of reasons why we don't repent. But the bottom line is God's just waiting on you. The father was waiting for the son to come back. And when he saw the son coming back, what did he do? He bolted off the porch to meet that son. Why did he bolt off the porch to meet that son? Well, number one, he loved him. And he knew he was coming back. But there's, a, there's an underlying thing that we miss. The law said that the elders of that town, because they knew what the son had done, had the right to stone him before he ever came back into town. They had the right to stone him. And the father knew that. And so before they could beat, get him there and stone him, the father beat him to it. And see, that's, that's the thing we've got to understand. If God's waiting on us in our unrepentant sin, and as soon as we go there, as soon as we turn back to him, he's bolting to us. He's running to us. He's right. He's, he's, he, because he doesn't want anything outside of the realm of his forgiveness in our lives. But sometimes it's silent simply because we just have unrepentant sin. God will minister if we'll listen. He said this, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Mm. He's waiting on us, isn't he? So a lot of times God seems to be silent in our lives. But I understand this. Here's the, here's the beautiful thing about God. Even when he seems to be silent, God is never inactive. Even when you don't hear, he's never inactive. Even when you don't feel, he's never inactive. He's constantly working in our lives, even in places where we need to grow, even in places where we are unrepentant. Even He's in all of those places. He's just waiting on us to break the silence. Acts 3 and 19, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. There's an addition to, you know, we like to read the first part of that verse and, you know, repent and be converted. But, but there's a reason to repent and be converted. It's to allow 
the presence of God to come into our life so that we can be refreshed. So if God seems to have gone silent in your life, there may be a spiritual warfare going on that you don't know about. If God seems to be silent in your life, He may be allowing you to grow. If God seems to be silent in your life, it may simply be that there's something in your life. You just need to do a check. There may be something in your life. Just check, hey, you know, I, I, this, I've gotten caught up in this and just really didn't. Now let me think about this a second. Just remember that in any one of those three cases, he's always right there. Murmuring and complaining. So, <laughs> whoo. Murmuring and complaining. So, so let, let's just thank you for asking that. What does it mean to murmur? Yeah, yeah. Well, that faster. I, I can't stand that lady that runs, she, that does the singing. I, yeah, you know, the guy that the guy that plays the bass and he's yeah, complaining. What is complaining? Because it's okay to see something that's not correct and try to get it corrected. That's okay. But what is complaining? Talk, talking about without coming with an answer, without, without bringing a solution to the table. Just look at Israel in the wilderness. They murmured. Yeah. Yep, yep. Forty years God, I don't know, God, man, that God, oh, Moses, he guy's an idiot. Complained about, man, about manna, so he sent them quail that come out their nose. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, what should, what, what would God, you think what he should do? He's feeding them all this time, and they complain. I mean, if, if I was God, that would be bad. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you wonder, God was, seriously? Well, Sinai, God told Moses, you step out of the way, I'm going to go down and kill all of them. I'm going to kill every one of them. And Moses said, yeah. God, I was minding my own business in that wilderness, yeah. and you interrupted my hurting by appearing to me in the burning bush. You called me, you sent me. Now, if you do this, you're going to give the heathen reason to say, you brought them out, but you can't bring them in. Yeah. <laughs> That's a man of God. When he'll stand in intercession. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which we know Daniel. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? How if that's repetitive. Murmuring and complaining and talking. That's kind of repetitive through the Old Testament. Now, the Old Testament, the New Testament says the Old Testament is a type and shadow. So do you think that that goes on in today's people of God? Babylon, there's only four people that's identified 
as serving God through the entire Babylonian captivity. By and large, the rest of the Jews bought into the idolatry. Mm -hmm. In fact, they didn't want to leave Babylon when it was time for them to leave. But Daniel interceded for them. He, he repented for the entire nation. Mm -hmm. And I've taken that page, and, you know, I'm nobody, but I've asked God to let me repent for America. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me repent for this nation. Don't don't let there just be an, a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that makes right. this. Let's all, God, help us all. You know, and you know, where does it start at? Just like judgment, where does it start at? It starts in the house of God. Right. It starts in the house of God. If they prayed for, if they prayed for Judah and Israel, I'm not a prophet. I'm I'm not a scribe. But I was like, does my prayer touch you, Lord? Do you? Is it important? Yeah. Lean on me. But now then, and I say, he's been praying the same prayer. Others are praying the same prayer. It's right. Right. When we look at Old Testament prophets, we see them in a different light than they actually were because we see them as the prophets of God. They were the most hated men in their own countries. Prophets were hated in their countries because they didn't bring good news. Elijah, a prophet of like passion as we. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, you know, ne ne never, we, we think, of, never think of big old me, but never think of little old me either. Right. Just say me, God, you know what, God, I know you hear my prayer. This is my country. God, this is where you let me be born here. And this is my country. And I remember in the days when it was godly. Were there issues then? Absolutely. There's always been issues in America. But there was a time when we looked to God. So God, can we... I've been praying this before. on Sunday. I pray before, just like every pastor. You, know, you come and pray before church and before anybody gets here. And, and my whole prayer is, God... You know, your word says that if the nation that forgets you, you're going to forget them. So I'm waving the flag from Kennedale. Here's Tabernacle of Praise. Here we Don't forget us because here we are. We haven't forgot you. Because when we forget him, it's over. So we need to have that, that community. You know, does it seem like God is silent right now in America? Ooh, it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. He won't force his way in. You're right. We had him in schools. We took him out of schools. We had him. We could pray. We took him. We took prayer out. We, you're exactly right. Slowly but surely. Now, yeah, we, we say, no, we didn't do that. The, the people that are outside of the church, no, 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 no. We can point the finger all we want. But when we allow that to happen, does that mean we run down with our guns and point our guns in their faces? And no, 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 no. When my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, that, that's where it goes. When we, when we seek the face of God, and it's not a little old me, Jesse. God, here's your... Let's keep, keep praying that so that God does not forget us. The highest that a man can stand in the presence of God is on his knees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's when God sees you right. in your highest potential.
when you're on your knees. There are what nearly seven billion people on earth, almost eight. Yeah, eight billion. Yeah, and I'm praying, and there is a force that says it's insignificant. Mm -hmm. But I know that the effectual, fervent prayer right. of a righteous man availeth much. Much. I claim to be a righteous man. I'm trying to walk in the footsteps of my Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. I am cleansed by his blood. And if his blood is not righteous, no. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one in our own self. But I can claim to be righteous by the blood of the Lamb. Mm -hmm. Am I, is that true? Am I Absolutely. Absolutely. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Our righteousness comes from who? Jesus Christ. So if Christ is in you, the hope of glory is in you, then your prayer is effectual and fervent if you get with it. Talk to God about it. In the power of prayer, we have the ability to destroy the fortresses yeah. and and the bastions of hell. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but yeah. they are powerful through God. In the Greek, to the utter destruction of Satan's strongholds, palaces, and bastions. And we the strong the, the strongholds we have in America, the, the reason they're there right. is because of lack of prayer. It's that simple. There's not any magic formula. There's not any running around casting out demons and devils. It's simply prayer. If, if, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, turn from their wicked, seek my face. It's that simple. C can we believe that? Man, I don't want God to be silent in America. Man, I I'm praying that God is talking to all of us. And we're listening, and we're and we're seeing the effects of it, seeing the effects of it. And <laughs> when 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 Esther was on the scene, she was told that perhaps she come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Right. Now's the time for the. Past time for the real Christians to stand up. There are some who are like Christians in name only. Are we Christians in name only, or are we in Christians in fact? Do, are we doers of the word and not hearers only? The Bible says, "If you're do, if you're hearers only, then you deceive yourself." Uh, but uh, recently, Sharon and I went through the forty days of purpose of, of the purpose-driven life. I'd never gone through that, even though the church did. And I would suggest that y'all, if you've got your book somewhere, dig them out and get together with your spouse or with your friends or something and go through that again. Some of the doctrine I don't totally believe, but um, that I don't agree with. But there are some principles in this study that we could all glean from, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that would be helpful for us. Yeah. I would have say that would encourage you to do that 
do that. It would be, it's been helpful for the two of us. Good. I think. You know, Mordecai told Esther, if you hold your peace, God will raise up someone else. Mm -hmm. And I don't want God to have to raise somebody else up. Right. When when we can stand in the gap. You know, there's a reason that you weren't conceived and born 100 years ago. Right. Or 100 years in the future. You were conceived and born for the times that, right? What's going on now is the reason God allowed you to be conceived and born because God knew way ahead of time this is all happening and it was going to be your effectual fervent prayer. It was going to be your engagement that made the difference in America. Mine. So, you know, that, that, that to me is exciting. God knew that. He had us born here. Here we are. That's exciting. Am I the only one that's ever wondered, why was I born in America? How come I wasn't born in, in Pakistan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the jungles of South America or Africa or somewhere. Why was I born here? Yeah. There's a reason. There's a purpose. Right. Why was I not an ant or a flea? <laughs> they have life. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're Hindu, maybe you were in the past life. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll end with this. Go, we all have this purpose. We all have this purpose. So let's just go with it. Man, what could, what could happen if we just all decided, you know what? I'm really going to talk to God about my country. I'm really going to talk to him. Because pastor walks around and prays, God, touch our nation and touch our president. I'm not talking to God about my country or my president. What if I really talk to God about, you know what? President Trump needs help, God. He, need, he needs some wisdom. He needs some understanding. He needs some change. He needs a, my country needs help. Our, our Congress, Lord, there needs to be a change all across the board, all the way down. Maybe we start here. Pa- God, pa- pastor needs to change. There's some issues with pastor. He needs to change. And maybe I invert this thing because maybe the problem starts with me. You know, the aggregate tenure of the leaders of Congress, this time they've been in office is over 200 years. And they're blaming a guy that's been in office less than three yeah. for all the problems it in this country. No sense. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. Yeah. You know, if you look up the definition of blame game yeah. in the dictionary. <laughs> I yeah. really believe, U.S. Congress. I really believe Trump's a golden cup in the hand of yeah. God. Just like Cyrus was. Yeah. A pagan heathen that didn't acknowledge God, but he was in God's hand. Yeah. And the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. God can manipulate their hearts. Absolutely. Yes. If if the church will just pray, God can manipulate their hearts. People that are pro-abortion and, you know, that God... God can affect them. We can't affect them, but God can affect them. Yes, yes. God can. God, God can. Yeah. Yes. We we understand that God can do so much. Do, let me ask you a question. I know. It, do you really believe that God could speak to President Trump, and have him say things that he doesn't even believe? I've heard it. Yes, because <laughs> you've already heard it. Yes. He's already doing it. Yes. So, you know what? Could that filter into Congress? Do we believe that it could filter into, because here, now, here's where the rubber meets the road, because we believe he could do it with the president, but when it comes to our senators and our representatives, I'm not so sure God can do it. Could it bleed over? Sure it could. Sure it could. 
I got, I've got one congressman I'm praying for right now, one particular one, simply because of his actions. God, you know what? Retrieve into him a new mind and an old, an old way because he used to be in an old way and he's changed. And God can do it. God can do it. Don't forget the Supreme Court. They need our prayer. Yes, yes, absolutely. We need a baptism of humility. Yes, exactly. Sing a song that says, humble yourself and the Lord will go with you. Yeah. Humble yourself and his presence will cheer you. He will not walk with the proud and the scornful. Humble yourself and walk with God. Yeah. Here, here's the thing about God. You're going to be humble before God one way or another. There's, yeah, it's right. It can either be really, really good, it can be really, really bad, but you're gonna, we're all going to be humble before God. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.